Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Richard. And I'm Chris. And this is the Evil Dead cast episode 20. And not only are Chris and I recording from a hotel room at Walker Starker Con Atlanta, but we also each have one earbud <laughs> of the same earphones. Yes, we do. It's really cozy this in here. This is how we like to record. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, I don't know why we don't do it this this way every week man we need a longer cable (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) what you guys will do to get on the air (laughs) Uh, i don't know i won't even bother explaining why this is happening but it just is just to know that it is (laughs) how are you rich good good uh just got home watched myself a little ash i'm i'm uh, ready to go this show is great i love this show I, i look forward to it every time all right that's a good intro let's just jump right in why not Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 3 in 5, 4, 3, 2... Alright, so it's our top three highlights for Season 2, Episode 5, Confinement. What do you guys think, in general? It was alright. This was kind of, uh, I wouldn't say it was the best episode, and I wouldn't say it was the worst, kind of right in there in the middle. Mm -hmm. It kind of felt like... um, well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It kind of felt like it was like the first normal TV series episode. You know what I mean? Kind of like a cookie cutter episode mm-hmm. and follows a formula. Nothing happened really that was too unexpected. Maybe a little bland in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I started getting into it though towards the end. That's funny. Uh, saying it's sort of a cookie cutter episode, I do feel like there were some kind of horror movie tropes used in this one but but every time i think that to myself that the show is going a little tropey i realize that i think that's a a good thing like they kind of do it well for some reason so uh yeah i mean i i feel a little bit of what you're saying but i i actually really liked this episode quite a bit yeah Uh, you know what though too i have only seen it once i Uh, just saw it but it was just before we started you said right so it's fresh yeah it's fresh yeah, that's what you did with the uh, ass episode. So you were kind of in shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, what the hell? <laughs> I pretty much agree with you, Rich. I thought it it it, it, see, it felt a little um, not like you said, not the worst, but not the best. And then there were definitely some high points, though. And and there was a there were a couple things that I thought were unique to it too. But uh, I thought it was a good solid episode. Yeah, kind of makes me wonder what a bad episode would be. Maybe one that doesn't make you laugh. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be good where whatever they try to do doesn't work or if they repeat themselves too much, which this episode wasn't a repetition at all. I don't think we've no. had a bad episode of this right. show really I don't either. in a yeah. se- in no, you know, in both seasons. So that's that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, there aren't yeah, many shows like that. One. No. Even in even in this one, I laughed quite a few times, actually. All right, let's yeah, get Ash. to it. What's your He's number? Character. What's your number three, Rich? Uh, let's see, number three. Uh, 
Well, I can't say that one because that's number one. So <laughs> that's how I would say. I was going to go with Bale. I thought Bale was pretty cool. Whoever they got to play Bale, I didn't have time to look it up. But man, I was a creepy looking dude. Yeah, his like face that. was kind of interesting, huh? Yeah, yeah. I like I like all the things he did. I like you know, uh, well, I, I don't I didn't like, but you know, I, I enjoyed when he was wearing the skins of other people and kind of uh, playing mind games with everybody and the way he moved and the lights kept going off and everything. It, it creeped me out a little bit. Yeah. I was, I was impressed and, and I liked it. Totally. Yeah. He looked, he looked good when he was like peeling a skin suit off himself and he was all g- gross and goopy underneath and his like long black hair was all wet and matted down. Yeah. Like good and disgusting. And he was, he was the right, right look for that. Yeah. He had those deep set eyes. Yeah. There's something about whenever bad guys like that can get into people's heads supernaturally, specifically women, and seduce them that really just gets under my skin. And I mean, I think it's a great effect, but it really bothers me. Like, oh man, he not you know even Ruby like kind of fell. She she was sort of helpless against it. So I think it's a really interesting villain that has that power. Yeah, and when like the sheriff was kind of being a dick to his own family, I was like, "What's up with the sheriff?" And then you could hear, you know, you, all of a sudden you get to hear inside his head, Bale was was talking to him. Yeah, and then he's like, you know, shut the fuck up. And then I was like, oh man, this guy's mean. He's gonna be hard to bring down. They good. They did a good job of making him like, you know, he's he's the boss in a video game. You're gonna have to gang up on this guy to get him to go down. It's interesting. I wrote a story in college. I, I, I took creative writing, and one of my favorite stories was about this kid who suddenly got the power to whoever he touched just fell in love with him or fell in lust. Hmm. And um, But if a, a, a guy, a male, touched him, then he just got completely angry at him, beyond control. So wow. I, I didn't think about this until just now, but that's kind of how Ball was because he had all the women sort of breathless but with the sheriff he made him angry i think right yeah yeah Yeah. that's true yeah the sheriff got all aggressive and against his family and stuff but everybody else it was like a turn on they start taking off their clothes which is convenient so that he can get their skin suits yeah Yeah. very much start taking (laughs) off their skins i've never had that effect on my wife (laughs) you need to grow your fingernails out (laughs) (laughs) Um, these are skin on all the time i don't I you know I noticed that they're pronouncing it ball ball yeah yeah oh yeah that's right yeah yeah I figured that one out huh yeah b a a l right ball they said it a lot in this episode yeah um speaking of the fingernail that uh, goes along with what we saw before Pablo had this vision of being strung up by Ruby and she cut his throat with a long fingernail and then when he told her about the vision she knew it was about ball and now we know why and now we know what yeah. the fingernails for not for slitting throats but for skinning people alive so he can wear their skins and turn their skinless corpses into monsters yeah does anybody else find that really really gross like the thought of taking someone's skin and wearing it around like oh man yeah. it's fine <laughs> no. it's fine you do that anyway right <laughs> the ultimate cosplay huh? oh god yeah I was trying to figure out what what is he doing? Like, it was really interesting. I don't think we really know for sure yet, but in this episode he said, we had a deal and you murdered them. So I've always also wondered what the hell is going on with or why did Ruby make those children in the first place? 
And I think that's what he was talking about because she said before, he's the father, not Pablo. And so now he's saying, we had a deal, you murdered them. So it sounds like their deal was to raise these demon children together and have them take over the world, or I don't know what it is. Yeah. He said that she betrayed him, too, to be mortal when she was growing old. Yeah. What was that? Now, yeah, she said, he said, so you thought you could keep your mortality a secret. Do you, so you're yeah. saying she chose to be mortal? I'm get, well. I'm I don't know, but uh, you know, she, that's part of what he said. You betrayed me, and you became mortal. So why was she trying to get away from him? Was yeah. she running? I mean, I think she obviously the at least what what she said was that the demon children got out of hand and she couldn't handle them. But yeah, it's still I was assuming like a mystery to me. She made the children, yeah, well, yeah, she made the children to go after Ball, right? I'm not so sure. Maybe. I don't I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. But then there's this little added extra wrinkle of even more suffering with Pablo, which actually, you know, I've been saying I think it's fun to watch Pablo suffer, but I think this was <laughs> yeah. the first episode where I was like, man, I really feel bad for this guy. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever he had all over the front of him there. That but didn't pa- look good. Pablo's... He's super important now, right? We sort of figured out, we figured out, or we've been told what's going on with him because he, he started to have the the writing on his body at the end and they need, those are the words they're going to need to send Ball back, back to hell. How do you know that? Well, I think, I think I put that together the second time I watched it because at the very end, Ruby says to Pablo that he's the one He's the key to sending uh, him back to hell. And earlier on, um, she said, I want to send you back or something like that. But the book is gone. So they need right. the book to send him back. So and he's because of his bond with the book. Exactly. He's, he's manifesting. He's manifesting the, the, the words because he's connected to the book. And so they're going to have to read those off his chest to get getting evil to get uh, ball back to hell. So uh, then, but then also he kept saying, it feels like something's trying to come out of me. And there was that big like crack in his torso. Right. So maybe it's some kind of balance between, you know, they need to use Pablo to send ball back, but maybe by doing that, they're going to harm Pablo or even kill him or something like right. that. So how are they going to, how are they going to reconcile that? What do they do? Sacrifice Pablo to get rid of ball or save Pablo, but keep ball. I don't know. Yeah. I'm They'll just it's getting out. complicated, huh? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it is. And I, I think a lot of times, at least I know what I do when I watch a show like this, I won't even realize that I'm not really understanding what's going on because I'm just too busy enjoying it. And then when I do a podcast about it, then that's when I start really thinking about the plot. Right. And I'm like, I still don't know what's going on. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, let's move to the next point. What's your number three? Well, I think my number three. Well, I'll say it's it is Pablo. That's kind of what I was I was talk I was thinking about there, and I didn't totally pick up on all that the first time through, uh, but it became more clear because you know I understood the conversation between Ruby and Ball downstairs in the evidence locker about sending him back, and they need the book for that, and then suddenly I realized that that the words were coming up on Pablo's chest. So I just realized he becomes very important to this story. And then, as I said a second ago, like maybe they have to decide to save Pablo or sacrifice him. And that could be the the decision for next week or at some point, which I hadn't thought of before, but you know, that could be it. So Pablo's becoming key to this, to this whole story. It looks like. 
Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Which and I, really I, cool. I had a couple of questions too after watching the ending. It's like, um, where did I write them down? It says Pablo. So Pablo's the only hope of stopping Ball, so they said, right? Mm-hmm. So does, does this mean, in, and he was possessed for a while by the book. So does this mean that the book is against Ball? Did the book put whatever's I, in Pablo in Pablo? I mean, when uh, Ruby, uh, when Ruby tells Ball, "I'm going to send you back to hell," he's like, "How the Necronomicon is gone." So, I don't know if that means the book itself is against Ball, but I think at least it can be used as a weapon against him. Mm. But now maybe um, Pablo can substitute in for that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where they've they've gone here. Yeah. Um, and, you and, sound pretty sure. Well, I, I, I don't know. I just I, I started I mean, I, I putting think it together. That could be right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly where it's mm-hmm. it's going to happen. I just because even Kelly, like right at the end there, she looked at the words on Pablo's chest and she said, "Is that Sumerian?" And and, and Ruby was like, "It ain't French." Yeah, <laughs> it's not French. <laughs> uh, and and Ruby suddenly realizes and and says out loud that Pablo's the only one that can save them oh, all. I so see, yeah. So I, I that makes the ending a little better for me because I felt like it it just felt like almost not quite but almost like it just ended in the middle of the episode. Yeah, it wasn't as totally big of a did. punch as we usually get. It was I didn't a complete slap in the face. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? <laughs> hey, <laughs> I wasn't expecting the ending there. Actually, you're right because I, I felt like we'd get a little bit yeah, more. I was like, what's going? Something's going down here. Something's going to bad, and then it's yeah. like over, and then it's over. So, <laughs> but but it sort of makes sense now. I I feel like because we'll come back next week, Pablo yeah. will still be in rough shape. It'll be another one of these where they all they're really it's one episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In two parts, two parter. Yeah. So. Okay, my number three is the creepy tone, which I thought the episode was a bit of a slow burn, but the tension was great and the creepiness, especially the peeling of the cop's skin off in the first place. I really cringed at that. Mm-hmm. And then the whole seduction part heightened it even more. It's just creepy and wrong and gross in all kinds of different ways. And then when he found, Ash found the cop, uh, her skin and we realize, oh crap, Ball probably is in somebody else now. I thought that was awesome because you're looking at everybody in the room wondering, is it Chet? Is it the the sheriff's daughter? I thought it was going to be Linda for sure because I knew it wouldn't be Ruby or Pablo or Kelly or Ash. Although I did wonder if it was Ash for, somehow for a second there, but that wouldn't yeah. really make sense. Um, but anyway, I just like that it suddenly became a story where you're all kind of stuck in this location and you can't trust anybody. I always like those kind of stories. So that was pretty cool. And then when the evidence room door closed on Ruby, I felt scared there for a second. I was like, oh, what the hell is going on? And and the other uh, evidence room lady was still looking scared. So I was just confused for a second. But I like the creepy story scary tone of it so let me ask a question about that down there in the evidence room the cop that she found down there yeah was terrified at first i think it was just a, an act you think it was just an act because yeah. because yeah. then she runs for the door and the door closes and then next thing we know ball is in her so didn't ruby go for the door or no no close but i just still think he was it was ball messing with her yeah okay they both were in the room the whole time together i think they were well, Chris might have a point. I mean, uh, 
He does. He he did come and go. It seems like he can come and go at will through other people's. Yeah, souls. because he seemed like he was. It, it seemed like he wasn't in that cop at first, and then he was, and at the same time he was influencing um, the police officer upstairs. Uh, mm. What's his name? Yeah, I forget his name, but yeah. the sheriff. The sheriff. The sheriff yeah, that's yeah. right. So he seemed like he he can easily either influence more than one person at a time, or he can jump back and forth between people very quickly sort of thing. See, I don't I don't see it that way. I think he can definitely influence people. Right. But I think the only way he can take over your body is to peel your skin off and wear it. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. He was wearing her skin, huh? Yeah. Because he cut it off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then when you press on it, it gets all loose and grody. <laughs> yeah, they did that neck <laughs> loose skin on the neck thing a couple of times. Yeah. That's really, right, yeah. Really nasty. <laughs> I made a note about that. I said, cool effect with the skin on Margie, <laughs> the poor cop at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Rich, what's your number two? Number two, you know, I wanted to say um, what you said about three with the, you know, the kind of the whodunit part in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go, and this is going to sound maybe, I don't know what people will think about this, but I really thought it was cool when Ash cut Margie in half with his chainsaw. I'm going to give that a number two. Good old classic. Chop yep. somebody in, or chainsaw Going back to the half. basics, cutting it right down the middle. <laughs> That's right. And the best part, too, the part that actually made me laugh out loud was, at first he was horrified. He, like, sticks the chainsaw on her neck, and it's, and then and he's like, oh, my gosh, he slips a little bit, and then he really starts to eyeball it and kind of getting down, you know, and yeah. he starts following he's the line craftsman. of the chainsaw. He's like, I'm going to make this a straight cut, baby. <laughs> 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 I, you know, one thing, I, maybe I shouldn't even say this, but when I was watching that, I kept thinking of Bruce Campbell saying, well, I tolerate the horror, but I, I'm in it for the comedy. So I was wondering yeah. if he's like, ah, oh, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> I got to cut somebody oh, in half again. <laughs> My dad is a woodworker. And I've seen that look before. He does it all the time when he wants to make a straight cut. So I'm like, hey, there we go. That's awesome. That was hilarious, I thought. I, yeah, I felt the same way. It was like, uh, this is, it's kind of like in Happy Days, you know, Fonzie hits a pinball machine and it comes on. Ash chainsaw somebody in half. Signature <laughs> move. <laughs> but the reason I said, you know, people will make what it will, what they will of that is because it's like, okay, cutting somebody in half is totally awesome and hip for me. But, you know, having Ash get his head rammed up a cadaver's ass, no, nope, can't take it. Not so much. No, that's uh, not cool. It, what is it? What <laughs> is it? I don't know. I'm messed up, I guess. I'm Well, I'm glad that's not his signature move. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you know, I had other notes, too, about uh, some of the special effects now that I look through them. It's, you know, the, that bodysuit that they made for the skinless cop, man, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. That looked really good and <laughs> kind of scary. It was funny seeing him hold, like, the skin, seeing Ash hold the skin and, like, shake it around going, what is yeah, this? What have yeah. you got? What is this? And then realizing what it is and throwing it down. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, All right. I thought the special effects were good. As usual, every episode they're good. Yeah, they put a lot of love and care into those. They do, for <laughs> sure. All right, Chris, what's your number two? My number two, um, I think I'm going to talk about the cold open a little bit before the opening credits. I really, really liked it. Um, the way it was uh, really creepy, and you have the cop coming into the into the bar um, and the the red and blue police lights outside just adding to the to the environment a little bit it was 
creepy. It was atmospheric. You could hear ball whispering. You know, we get a we get a jump scare with the mechanical bull, which I didn't mind at all. Mm. Uh, Ties it to the last episode, kind of. Yeah, exactly. And it just it felt like a real creepy horror movie type scene. She's walking into this horrific thing. Uh, the headless body in the toilet really grossed me out in a good way. You know, yeah. uh, I really thought that was disgusting. And that then, was Amber, right? The girl. Oh, from the right. Last, yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. To, but I mean, I didn't remember at the time, but yeah, she. It was just nasty in there. You know, <laughs> in the toilet, and uh, and then. You know, they didn't waste any time in sort of showing us Ball. And then what he does, I was thinking, oh, man, she's she's in for it. And then all of a sudden, oh, my God, it's a he's like a sex demon and he peels people's skin off. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So this whole this whole cold open, I thought, was just a really awesome introduction to the to the episode. And uh, when he takes her skin off and then her skinless body falls to the ground, I thought the camera just kind of lingered on that just long enough that yeah. we got a good look at it. But uh, not so long that I was sort of really turned off by the whole thing so yeah they I, have taste it was good <laughs> <laughs> they do they have they have tact right yeah. just not to show too much so uh i don't know i thought it was a really good start to the episode and uh it made me really excited for it mm. so that was it yeah i agree you know um you know jason mentioned last uh our on our last podcast too that it looks like we're still in the same night right that's right because yeah, they had the party and they went out there and did their ashy, slashy stuff. And then they come back here. I guess it's one long night. And he gets arrested. A lot can happen in one night. <laughs> yeah. One crazy night. <laughs> okay. My number two was Ball, but we totally covered that. So, Rich, what's your number one? Number one was Pablo, but we kind of covered that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> really curious. Yeah. What's going to happen? Like we said, you know, it's uh I was just getting into it. I was like, oh, oh, hum, this is pretty cool. Who done it? Kind of like a you know regular episode. Then all of a sudden, I was like really getting into it, and then the gore happens and the action happens. I'm like, yeah, all right, now we're now we're rolling. And then right when I'm into it, it's like cut. Oh, <laughs> well, what like, is it? What's inside of them? <laughs> they got to leave like you wanting more, man. You'll find it next week. Blue ball Every situation. Such a, <laughs> such a great cliffhanger. Every episode is such a great cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah, some people call it a cliffhanger. You call it a blue ball situation. <laughs> yeah, same thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, although, I guess if I was in the middle of something with like my wife and then she suddenly stopped, I would not call that a cliffhanger. <laughs> guess what's going to happen? <laughs> Go on, baby. We know what's going to happen now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, where are oh, we now? Oh, man. I think I'll do my number, number one, one yeah. right? Um, what did you guys think about the the uh, security cam footage they used throughout this episode? I thought it was a cool way to, to mix it up a little bit. And I almost felt like they used that security cam footage as as if if as if like that's the the view the ball has because you could kind of see everywhere, right? This, there's security cams all over the uh, place. I didn't and, notice, but now that you're saying that yeah, yeah if he if he's able to influence everybody he can almost be everywhere at once mm -hmm. right and we cut to the security cam and i'm like oh that's supposed to indicate you know he's kind of watching sort of thing so i thought it was kind of a cool touch that they added yeah. and they're in a police yeah. station so so it makes sense yeah. there's going to be cameras everywhere right and uh see the other that's rooms it. yeah i didn't notice either but that makes a lot of sense kind of like the omnipotent view huh 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of. Exactly. And it, it also reminded me of the kind of thing you do, you would see in like a single location horror movie like mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of the Saw films or, or those things, but, and maybe I'm totally speaking out of turn here, but I feel like you'd get shots like that in those types of movies where they're where it would be some other uh, view of of the action mm-hmm. kind of thing, like an external different view, perspective, different perspective. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they they used that here, and I thought it was really good. So cool, kind of cool. Yeah, I'm liking this episode more now that we're talking about it, which, yeah. which is great. I gotta watch it again now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, my turn. Right, my number one is the lines. My favorite was the one we played at the top where. How well do you know this Mexican anyway? Hey, he's not the Mexican. He's Pablo. Pablo the Mexican. (laughs) (laughs) Which is even funnier because he's not Mexican. No. He's Honduran, I guess. But what about where it went after that? And Pablo says, yeah, Chet, you're the dumb white guy. And then he goes, don't be racist. Yeah, that's kind of (laughs) racist. You know what made it for me was when Pablo smiled after... after, Yes, I said that big old smile on his face, like, "Hey, El Jefe likes me." That's right. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> always just adoring of him. I liked. This isn't really a line, but I think it was the sheriff who punched Ash in the st- stomach, and he goes, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> just, just his reaction. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's got the best reactions. Uh, he was singing. Once again, I saved the world. Now it's time to get the girl. Time to go to the shop, get the car back. Get on the road to Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. Something, something yeah. rhymes with Jacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something, something. Well, he rhymed back with Jack, the beginning of the uh, word Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not the way to do it. Or uh, I loved when he said, Linda, from the moment I saw you, I realized that you were one of the only Lindas for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I made that, that, made, that made me feel good. He's like, oh, they didn't just accidentally use Linda again. <laughs> Old Ash. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny, too, how he walks in and he's got, you know, demons on the brain and he's serious. It's time to take care of business. And then he looks over and sees her and he's like, oh, hey. (laughs) (laughs) This episode had, well, a little bit less ash than most. Yeah, I think you might be right. It like everybody was there. right? He wasn't the total focus. No, the last few episodes, the characters have been split up a bit, but still lots of ash. But. Uh, there were everyone was there, and they focused on Ruby doing stuff and some other people. So, wow, I that too. Are all lady too cops that... as soft and cuddly as you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and and because he wasn't in it as much, everything he said, I think, was that much funnier to me. Anyways, what uh, what other like, lines did you guys like? Ash is Ash. I laughed when he said, when the when the cop says, "You got five sugar." Yeah. When he was going mm-hmm. to make a phone call, he's like, "Oh, I got eight. But I know how to make it feel like five. <laughs> That's so perfect for, for Ash to say, too. It's like, you can almost believe it, too. <laughs> it's like, what? What the hell are yeah. you talking about? I, think, I wasn't sure exactly what that meant, but I guess it just means he has eight minutes of uh, stamina in him. It's Well, I thought it was more of a dick joke. Like, I've oh, got eight oh, inches, but right. I know how to make that's it feel like five. Yeah. 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 Regardless, it's Duh. not a good compliment. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or I like he says, uh, okay, how do we deal with this Bill guy? Because I can't stop thinking about pancakes. Like, I didn't really understand that either. Yeah. It's, it's because he said right before that, let's take care of this, and then we'll all go for pancakes. Oh, he did. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did he? Okay. Um, awesome. But I it, around that same time, 
he says to Ruby, obviously, I know exactly what's going on. But for the sake of these other people, maybe you should explain. <laughs> he really yeah. has no idea what's going on. <laughs> or he's listing off all the places where he has rashes, where he's had rashes. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, how long is he going to go? Yeah, as long as they would let him. Or when uh, the sheriff says, let's take a vote. If you think Ash is the demon, raise your hand. And Chet raises his hand, and Ash swats it down and goes, God! <laughs> yes. And before that, he calls the uh, sheriff a walking penis. Yeah. funny. Clearly, the demon is inside this walking penis. <laughs> and then I liked when the, um, the sheriff saw the skinless lady cop monster and he kind of let out this high-pitched scream yeah yeah and yeah. and they looked at him funny <laughs> linda was like come on yeah. yeah uh yo you know what um ruby when you know when ball starts to make his appearance felt everyone kind of gets hushed and she's like he's here and ash goes who's where <laughs> I didn't catch that. It's like it's like he had no idea what was going on this episode. Every line was Ash being confused about something. Yeah, or just pointless. <laughs> or yeah, just that's it. Off track. I think um the sheriff's daughter whose name I don't know either. Mm-hmm. Should probably look up some characters once yeah, in a while. Right. Um she she says something like you know, Daddy, there's one man brave enough to beat them all. And Ash goes, thank you. And she says, I met yeah. Pablo. <laughs> so she's got a thing for Pablo. Yeah. She thinks he's the, the, you know, the dead-eyed killer, the hero. Yeah. Yeah. She's got some experience with him. Yeah. I thought it was a nice touch to have the uh, prostitute have a man's voice. She had a man's <laughs> voice, right? Yeah. Yeah, because she was a transvestite. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. Hey, Joni, how are you? Yeah, that's You know, right. itchy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Chet, but, I'm itchy too. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I laughed at that, but um, yeah, Chet said I'm itchy too, and then Pablo kind of gave him—I mean, Ash gave him a a little bit of a weirded out look. But I thought it was kind of sweet that Chet seemed to have a thing for the transvestite prostitute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was—he was really upset when yeah. he got killed. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. She was so giving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey Jason, what'd you think about? Uh, remember last time you thought some of the some of the jokes and slapstick felt a little forced. Mm-hmm. I kind of noticed that here. Well, I thought it felt a little forced when Linda hit her face on the jail cell. <laughs> I Ash thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, no, it felt I, a little forced, but I still laughed. I was like, "Ow!" <laughs> yeah, this episode I I enjoyed, uh, like always, that they vary the settings the types of stories kind of and the tone and this episode i thought was nice and slow paced and kind of spare and and chilling and creepy but funny so i i i don't know we've just listed out a shitload of jokes so i guess there were a lot but it didn't seem like too much to me yeah it didn't feel like this episode was full of a lot of jokes, but you're right. I, we've <laughs> we've gone through, I think, almost more than usual. And right, yeah. So I think there was funny stuff in there. Yeah. I kind of liked the, the head to the jail cell thing as well, just because I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming <laughs> yeah. at all. I thought, you think the scene is over, and then they do that. It was funny because he was trying to help, but yes. he fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I just had, uh, I guess I don't really have that many notes, but the only thing is, you know, this Kandarian dagger has been important and it's, it was the only thing that could kill the demon children. And now, um, it's lethal to deadites and they, they said they needed it for 
Ball too, right? This episode. Didn't yeah, they well, they wanted ball? to stab Ball. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was like, where did this thing come from? I forgot, but I looked it up, and it, you probably you guys know this, but it was found with the Necronomicon by Professor Nobi. So it's been a part of the series since the first movie. And that makes me wonder, like, if Ruby is one of the dark ones who helped write the book or wrote it herself, then did she create the stagger too, or what? I wonder if we're going to find out more. I don't think we really know the origin of it. No, I'm not sure. It's it's important for killing these things, though. Yeah. Um, when when Ruby was downstairs with uh, with Ball, and she she actually tries to stab him with it before he overpowers her. This is the one thing that bugged me. It's a stupid little thing, but they're too far apart for her to reach uh, reach to stab him, like you know, right away. Mm. And instead of kind of like trying to be deceitful about it and get close enough to stab him she just kind of raises it up above her head and screams and then tries to lunge at him which gave him enough time to to defend himself uh that's one where area where i feel like this show falls down a little bit is when somebody's attacking but they're not going to succeed they just give the other person a lot of time to get away yeah and then he throws her against the wall after that and that looked like it really hurt yeah, the way she hit the wall there. So good yeah, stunt work, I, first, I'd say. I think, right? And now Ball has the knife, right? The dagger. <laughs> we got an emergency here. I don't know if anyone can hear those sirens, <laughs> but there's a lot of sirens outside the hotel room right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so Ball has the dagger. Yes. Oh, he does. Oh my gosh. He took it away. Yeah, I thought so. What's that? Well, that that's no. That's not good. All right, you guys. Either one of you guys have any more notes or anything? One more really quick note I have is I noticed that Kelly and Ruby ha- seem to have really bonded together, uh, or bonded. I mean, as characters. Uh, obviously, last week they went and did that stuff together, but uh, when uh, Ruby shoots the sheriff in the leg, she then hands the gun over to Kelly, and Kelly has this big smile on her face, like "nice going" kind of thing, mm-hmm. and. Uh, like in a genuine way. So those two characters seem to have bonded and they've, uh, they've been playing that up a bit. I thought. Yeah. I had one note. Uh, remember when the sheriff said, all right, let's take a vote. Everyone here who thinks Ash is the demon raised their hand, but then they were interrupted. If you freeze, I froze it. And if you freeze it, you know, it'll show, um, uh, the the police view the the camera view of everybody in the room everybody had their hand up <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny oh man he's like the one guy that I w- wouldn't have thought had the demon in him but I guess everyone I there does <laughs> well he manages to piss everyone off well yeah <laughs> it's just funny too <laughs> that's right <laughs> all right cool let's take a little break there's more to come stay with us I've got you under my skin I've got you deep in the heart of me so deep in my heart that you're really a part of me I've got you under my skin I tried so All right, now it's time for the news. 
from deadcentral.com, which is a great website. I highly recommend it, deadcentral.com. Uh, this is your daily awe. They have cat cosplay. So uh, a fan has dressed <laughs> his very patient cat as Negan from The Walking Dead, <laughs> complete with uh, his baseball bat with barbed wire on it, and Ash uh, from Ash vs. Evil Dead, complete with a little mini chainsaw. It's mm. cute. <laughs> he posted the pics on deadcentral.com, so if uh, dressing up cats is your thing, check it out. Make a great screensaver. <laughs> it's my thing. I'm yeah. going to look at that as soon as I can. It's I mean, it's a good picture, and the, <laughs> those cats are really patient. He had them posing in different positions, and the costumes were really detailed. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think cats would sit still for that long mm-hmm. enough. All uh, the cats I, I own, anyway. Well trained. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let see. From Entertainment Weekly, uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead exclusive clip celebrates Sam Raimi's Delta 88. So Showtime, I guess, released a uh, exclusive about three and a half to four minute clip on the Sam Raimi's Delta 88. Delta 88. So they go through um, why does Sam Raimi insist on putting his Delta 88 in each of his projects, including, so legend has it, even the 1995, the Quick and the Dead Western movie. Uh, apparently it was in that one too. Uh, they go on to talk about how the car actually saved the lives of both Raimi and producer Rob Tapert. When they drove back from the shoot of the original Evil Evil Dead, this car has been in his family since the 1970s, apparently. So Robert, Bruce, and Raimi talk about the car itself, where it came from, and how it saved their lives once. It's a cool little clip. You should watch it from Entertainment Weekly. I wonder how many different cars he's used in all of his movies. There's probably like dozens of them. Yeah, I'm sure they have... uh, other models but the one car that they talk about in this clip is the original car that oh, they wow. actually drove on to the lot he shipped it all the way down to new zealand wow yeah bruce was was flabbergasted he's like i can't believe i'm sitting in the same car 40 years later <laughs> <laughs> all right from the guardian.com there's a commentary i thought it kind of timely uh, it's an article about has tv reached peak gore so, referencing the la- latest episodes from um, The Walking Dead and Ash versus Evil Dead, the author is asking, are they pushing the limit maybe a little too far? Have we reached a saturation point with TV gore? Um, time will tell. Is there a strong chance that maybe TV has overestimated just how much of the red stuff audiences can tolerate? Maybe it's time for shows to get a little more creepy and surreal before the gore becomes a bore. What do you think? That's an interesting question. I I think that there's there's room for all of it, and I would hate to see it if every show was gory and there was no other subtleties or nuance or other types of scariness. But I don't think Ash versus Evil Dead would be Ash versus Evil Dead without a lot of gore. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think there's room for everything on TV, and and uh, we've even said that occasionally. Ash versus Evil Dead is funnier rather than gory, and sometimes it's gorier rather than quite as funny. Um, sometimes it's both at the and, same and time. Sometimes it's both <laughs> at the same time, exactly. And then, uh, um, yeah, I wouldn't want uh, I wouldn't want them to hold back at all because for some you know arbitrary reason that TV is is 
can't or TV viewers can't handle it or something like that. You know, right? There's room for everything out there, and and Ash is filling a little piece of that, just like The Walking Dead is or whatever other show. So, yeah, I agree. The only thing I I can think of is uh, what else could they possibly do? <laughs> I mean, that, they've done some pretty nasty stuff already. That's true. Yeah, that thought occurs to me too. It's like, what else? can we see on this show you know he was pulled up through a deadites asshole and (laughs) you know i don't know if you can top that (laughs) but they can i mean they can get really creative with it like they did this episode and uh i bet you if any of the creatives behind ash versus evil dead heard us ask well what else can they possibly do they'd be like oh we'll show you oh they probably have a long list (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh yeah and then Reading about this stuff, too, I was wondering, um, do you think maybe some of the Ash versus Evil Dead has made its way into Walking Dead? Because I heard this last episode of Walking Dead was pretty nasty, too. I don't think you can put that on Ash because this was pretty much, an, in a lot of ways anyway, an exact reenactment of what happened in the comic, which was out like six or seven years ago or something. uh it looked just like it. So, I mean, we've had gore in horror movies going back to the, well, I don't want to say when because I'm not a, I'd probably be wrong, but at least the 70s, probably no, before I'm, that, right? I'm sure before that, yeah. 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 Ah, I've read something about that. I think it was 63 or 65 was the first true gore movie, but it was pretty lame. <laughs> On the other hand, it, it is probably a relatively new thing for it to be so big in TV. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, Ash and and Walking Dead are, if you want to say it this way, on the forefront of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was a good article. Uh, cool. Food for thought from theguardian.com. dot com, from tvline dot com. Remember Heather the hiker from the first season at the end there when uh, they were hiking to the oh yeah to the cabin. I do. The beautiful actress's name is Samara Weaving, and she has joined Showtime's comedy Smilf. I'm not sure what that stands for. Something MILF, (laughs) I'm guessing. And she's also set to co-star in an upcoming horror comedy called The Babysitter from New Line Cinema. Samara's uncle is actor Hugo Weaving. So I found her rather enchanting and hot. So I might have to check out some of that (laughs) stuff myself. (laughs) You're going to follow her career as far as it goes, aren't you? Yeah, she just started. But that's cool. I yeah, I like her too. She not only is she really sexy, but I thought she was really good in Ash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, from um costumewall.com, costumewall.com. You want to dress like Ash for Halloween? Yeah, you still got a day or two. You <laughs> can get the cosplay look of Ashley Williams following Costume Wall's online custom guide. It has pictures of all the parts you'll need and lists how much each item will cost, and it puts together a pretty darn good cosplay costume. So if you'd want to check it out, it's a little pricey, but everything's authentic, and you'll look just like Ash. Do you get the weapons and, and stuff, chainsaw and everything? Yeah, you get a little mini chainsaw, and nice. you get um, an air uh, rifle. Well, not rifle, but um, shotgun, an air shotgun. It's, cool. That, that's the most expensive part, actually, is the shotgun. So, How does it compare with your old Ash costume? Oh, yeah, it looks just as good. You know, <laughs> I made my own Ash costume once. Whoa. I just went to, like, a... a uh, a, a goodwill type place and bought some pants and the right shirt and or at least the right color and 
Chop my uh, arm off. And, and that's right. <laughs> I added a chainsaw to my wrist, and I was good to go. <laughs> Went out to the old work shed. Yep. Yeah. I did the same. I made a chainsaw out of cardboard, which is nice. pretty cool. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. That does it for the news. All right. Thanks, Rich. Now it's time for listener responses. Grippy Bob Dobbolino. Oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. So this is for uh, last week's episode, DUI. This is from Grippy Bob Dobbolino. On a lot of the things you guys spoke about, I share the same brain. What did I say? I said, you scare the lame. I wonder if the show will visit Ash's mom. I think the time travel will be Ash going back to the writing of the book itself. Hmm. Waiting for some interviews with Dana DeLorenzo and Ted Ramey and Mr. Lee Majors. Did you ever notice character similarities between Al Bundy and Ash Williams? (laughs) Anti-heroes who once had potential but are now beaten down by life. Hmm. I guess so, yeah. I'd say Bundy's a little more beaten down. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Ash doesn't realize it if he's beaten down. He doesn't have a nagging wife. <laughs> no. And Gri- Grippy Bob is waiting for our interviews with uh, Dana and We're at Walker everybody. Stalker. Is <laughs> too much going on. Maybe they should be invited to ne- the next Walker Stalker. They they apply. Yeah, that would be that would be super cool. That would be a great idea. I mean, uh, Bruce Campbell is I think a, an owner in Wizard World. Oh, okay. so I think it's a conflict for him. Dang it! Yeah, it's a total bummer. But maybe well, let's some get of these Dana. other guys could. Yeah, yeah, Dana yeah. would be awesome. Um, yeah, I think going back to the writing of the book would would be super cool. I want to learn more about how the book came about and stuff. Yeah, or visiting Ash's mom. Mm-hmm. Creepy Bob's got some good ones there. Sure does. All right, Matthew Rep writes another good episode. First of all, I loved that Chet is a fan of both Rush and Bob and Doug McKenzie. Hey, Bob and Doug McKenzie, they're great. The Delta <laughs> bullfight was a highlight, but as I also but I also felt underwhelmed with Ruby's kids. For next week, I am thinking Ash's incarceration comes less from the kidnapping of the sheriff's daughter and more with the bar full of witnesses that saw him with the severed head of a teen girl and the subsequent vehicular manslaughter of dear old dad. People let him get away with stuff like that. They don't really seem to care. Yeah. Uh, I hope that Ball's mind games include a reunion between Ash and his little sis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to see that. They wouldn't just put that out there and not follow up on it. No. Brian Campbell says, just loving the tonal ebb and tide each episode, this one being the action flick, which was last week. I never thought the olds would have survived being transported to the Middle Ages, converted into a deadite killing machine, then aging 600 years to modern day. One thing it couldn't survive, Ash. (laughs) It survived. That's a resilient vehicle. Yeah. Nothing a lube job won't fix. Yeah. Just buff (laughs) it out. Perfect. (laughs) From Elizabeth Tolstoy, loved the Delta having a starring role. What a long, strange trip it's been. (laughs) And finally, John Bucket, I'm hard, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hard, I'm hard. (laughs) I'm hard, Dad. Oh, yeah, we have one email. It's from Scott Pike. He says, this may be my most favorite episode of this season. We had Kelly partnering up with Ruby, Pablo with the other girl having his own nightmare vision, and then Ash with his pal Chet. I loved how Chet just accepts Ash's supernatural explanation for everything. What I'm surprised about is that Kelly keeps bringing up Ruby's immortality, but she never brings up that apparently Ruby wrote the book. Why? 
How did Ruby lose the book in the first place? Also, a one-word spell to open the portal. Where was that when Annie was trying to open up the portal to banish the evil in Evil Dead 2? And how did he read it? See you next week. Good questions. I think he's so bonded with the book that he now knows how to read Sumerian. That makes sense. For the show. Okay. And we have... We can roll with that. We'll roll with it. We have one call. This is Brian Campbell from Detroit. Hey, guys. Brian Campbell from Detroit, Michigan. Um, I'm not sure how you were pronouncing Leelanau Peninsula in your Evil Dead cast, but it's not Leelanio. It's Leelanau Peninsula, and they make a lot of wine there. In fact, the pinky part of the state is the best part of the state. Traverse City Film Festival is up there. All sorts of stuff. It's a great part of the state. One of the best parts of the state. So anyways, great job. And uh, here's my best uh, dead eye. I'll swallow your soul. I'll swallow your soul. <laughs> that was that was really <laughs> good, dead eye. <laughs> yeah, I was afraid you are going to come through the microphone. Yeah, that was my bad, Brian. Sorry about that. I couldn't pronounce Leelanol. that pinky Leelanol. on the peninsula there. My bad. You know what I liked about that call is he kind of had the same kind of cadence and tone to his voice as I hear from Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a Michigan thing. Could uh, be, yeah. <laughs> same last name, too. <laughs> hmm. <It's> his brother. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot for writing in. That's it for uh, listener feedback. Now it's time for next week on Ash versus Evil Dead. So next week on the show, the title of the episode is Trapped Inside. It's directed by Mark Beasley and written by James E. Egan. And the description from IMDb is as follows. An angry mob corners Ash and the team in Brock's house while Ruby tries to summon the spell to send Ball back to hell. Ash finally proves to the townsfolk he is not a murderer but a hero when a familiar deadite comes for him. Ooh. Sounds like a bigger deadite. Yeah. Bigger episode. Sounds like it, but uh, trapped inside. That's the title. Maybe that seem maybe that refers to them being trapped inside Brock's house, but also something trapped inside Pablo, maybe. Right. Yeah. Sounds like a good one. And I actually uh, I think that makes uh, who was it? Matthew Rep's email right about just witnesses that saw him with a severed head. So it Mm -hmm. sounds like the townspeople are coming after him. An angry mob. Yep. Probably with pitchforks and <laughs> torches. Torches, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> this is one long night. <laughs> That's right. Hey, it makes sense, right? Because uh, in Evil Dead Two, remember how the days just yeah. flash by? Yeah, yeah. It could be something going on with the time there, huh? It's all night. Yep, time has slowed down. That's our show, episode 20. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to call us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can also email us at groovy at podcastica.com. And you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or evildeadcast on Twitter. And please check out our other shows on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com. And you can find my Walking Dead podcast on there. And you can find Chris's at TalkingDeadPodcast.com. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. I'll swallow your soul. I'll swallow your soul.